your uh, your drunk face tr- makes you sure you get the right words out. Is so funny, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm I see you trying. So uh, you're trying really hard. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty. They've done studies, you know. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. This is uh, the second in our four Halloween episodes that are coming out. Uh, the last one, the next two, I should say, uh, are Black Christmas and The Lighthouse. We've got uh, Black Christmas coming out on Monday that you can check out on the Criterion channel. Uh, if you're interested in seeing that before the episode and then the lighthouse comes out on Halloween. So you can look forward to that. Um, yeah, but I really had a great time ch- chatting with Sam Thompson. I'll put his letterboxed, um, link in the description. If you're on letterboxed, uh, we had a great time talking about hereditary a couple other announcements. Um, if you guys can leave a review on iTunes and then just also subscribe if you're not already so that you get notified about upcoming episodes that would be super super helpful and then uh also i still have a few gray t-shirts available i'm trying to move so if you are interested in a t-shirt just contact me on social media at cinefleck pod on instagram and at cinefleck on twitter but uh without further ado let's get into this week's show thank you guys so much It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. Sam, how you doing, man? Good. <laughs> Sorry, I was me drink that. Yeah. No, I'm all good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> absolutely um, man well well, it's 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 really good to have you on and um it's a (laughs) it's great to chat about hereditary Um, yes so so, i chose hereditary yes um i chose i chose it because like i think the first time i saw it it really did a number on me and then after i had suggested it to you i was like oh crap that means i gotta watch hereditary again because i'm just so apprehensive about watching it it's just so like it's so, such a draining experience. I mean, like that first time I watched it, it just effed me up completely. Like totally, I yeah. couldn't agree more. And it's um, it's uh, it's your national treasure. It's it's the queen of your country, Tony yes. Collette. Australia, <laughs> Tony Collette. We should. We don't have much going on in Australia. Um, we've got kangaroos. Uh, let me check my notes. We've got kangaroos, Tim Tams, and Tony Collette. That's about it. And Hugh Jackman. Um, you can't forget Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman, we do. We should put those two on our national flag. <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, no, she's amazing. And um, she, like, this is like top, maybe top Oscar snub for me. Like, oh, most, oh, like I'm so mad at the Academy. They, she didn't even get nominated. And there's like at least five scenes in this where she's just next level. Like, I don't even know how she does it. Like, and, 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 and she's so good in this and like not only is her acting good her i mean like i can say like her american accent is like perfect like it's like I, i'm not sure if you can hear like when nicole kidman does an american ac- I, I watched eyes wide shut last night i can tell you when nicole oh, kidman yeah. does an american accent it's uh it's like halfway between <laughs> yeah not, no no i know it's not quite but there. I, like i watched because i i watched it yesterday because i didn't want to watch this morning otherwise i'd right. be too pressed to record um so i watched it yesterday <laughs> and um no like she's her accent's flawless and then i was watching the special features after and 
it's, she's got an Aussie accent. I'm like, damn, is that how she actually sounds? Like, I, it throws yeah. you off. It throws you off. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt the same way about her in the 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 first performance I saw of her, and I think the first performance that really familiarized myself with her was her and Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, she's just Great she's movie. she's so she's so she's awesome so with that. that. Yeah, she's so good. In that. I think that's, for me, it was probably Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. I didn't um, see that until I was in college. So when did you see that oh, first? Yeah. Uh, maybe when I was like 14 or something. 13, okay. 14. Okay. Luckily, thankfully it wasn't spoiled for me. Um, so. Kyle, like anytime before 14, it's just, it's spoiled. Yeah, it's and you know what's going on. Totally. Um, but what was, what was your um, first experience like with Hereditary? I, um, I, had, I, had a friend, I had a friend I met who was, when I was studying abroad in Paris, who's from England. And he was coming out to visit me. And what, what's so funny about him is like he, he, he was like somewhat sheltered, but he just like watched horror movies when he was 11 all the time with his mom. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he's coming out to visit me and stuff and we're hanging out. I'm like, oh, we should pick a movie tonight. And he's like, oh, we should watch Hereditary. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, this is, yeah, yeah. are you sure? He's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fine. You know, like I've <laughs> seen plenty of horror movies. I'm like, oh God, this is, <laughs> I'm like freaked the fuck out. And um, how like we're watching it together and he, he seems, he seems pretty okay through it. And I'm just like, I'm just falling apart, you know, like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like, like the, um, the, the like allergy scene and then, and then obviously like it just keeps getting yeah. more and more free with yeah. the with the cult scenario and everything else that's going mm. on. And uh yeah, it, like he seemed pretty okay with all of it. I mean, he's also very British. I think I think you Aussies are like are you saying little... British people just have more morbid lives constantly. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I think I'm saying that British people are better at like handling their emotions. <laughs> And I think that I think that you Aussies are probably a little closer in that than Americans, but probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so I'm I'm freaking out. He's he's doing relatively okay, and that was that was that was kind of my experience with the movie. My takeaway was um, Ari Aster's brilliant. I can't wait to see what he does next. Tony Collette is like an all star, all timer. And uh, my British friend doesn't have any emotions. That was kind of my three. Any soul. <laughs> no soul. Thing. No soul. Shout okay. out to Sam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, that was that. That was kind of my takeaways from the movie. Um. What What were What were your experiences with all that? Um. So, I unfortunately I missed it in theaters. Uh, mm-hmm. My sister went and saw it. And she might have been 16 or something at the time, but she and she was her and her friends were probably just after a fright fest, like just jump scare, yeah, after jump scare. Um, and she came back saying it was disgusting and she absolutely hated it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sounds about right. And then a few months later, I uh watched it with my friend, we um got into you know, lights are all off, and um, we were just in a constant state of like jerking and cussing out loud at each other like just and there's that one point in the movie which we'll get to um half an hour in um where my body just seized up and locked up and it was stayed like that for the rest of the movie because it's just constant escalation of just everything unraveling and then so we, we watched it and I, we were just not right for like three days after i was just like no nah, man this is this is i'm out this has done something to me um yeah. and then maybe like a week later my other friend was like, I'm watching Heredity. Want to come over and watch it? And I'm like, oh, are you serious? I don't, I don't want to watch that. I, I like, You're like, I can't go I'm like, again. I'm like, I'm not going to not come over and watch a movie with you, but this is just, oh, gosh. Oh, God, that's yeah. hilarious. So this is, this is my third time watching it. Um, Got it. Yeah. I mean, nothing beats it's- that first, first ride, but it's even watching it um, recently, you know, yesterday. Um, and I was taking, and I was sort of taking notes for the podcast, but like, so I wasn't like fully into it as well, but like, even so it still just gets under my skin, like the worst way. Possible. It sounds like it's your first time in a while. Like, it sounds like the first two were really close together. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. so what got sort of hessed up in your memory of things? Like, what did you remember pretty well? 
I think I, um, I think I remember most of it pretty well. I think what changed, well, or not what changed, but like on this viewing, I found that um, I just, because I knew how it was going to go down. I could so much easily uh, see the disconnect between all the family members, between, mm-hmm. um, oh, wait, do we want to use actors' names or characters' names? I don't mind. Whatever, whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, okay. Well, like between um, Annie, who's Tony Collette, and Peter, um, who's Alex Wolf, who I think is absolutely brilliant. Like he, God, he's so good. He almost, right, he almost rivals Tony Collette, in my opinion. Like he should have been. It's supporting actor, Oscar-worthy. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, you you just sort of see the disconnect between them because it's already there from past trauma, um, but through just small subtle hints like words they use and the direction that Asta gives. Like there's this one scene where, like they'll just sort of lie to each other for no reason when it's just healthier to just talk about things. Right. Um, like when when um, Stephen gets the phone call and the body's missing. And he lies straight to his wife and then she lies straight back how she's going to the movies um, when she's going to the therapy center or just right, right. all these little things. Like he wouldn't care if yeah. she were coming to like a sport yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or like she, after um, Charlie's died, she goes to the sport room. She's talking to Joan and she says, um, she chooses to say, uh, my daughter was killed. Not um, my daughter died or my daughter died in an accident. Like it's, she blames Peter. I, I, yeah, you're right. I never noticed that, but I, yeah, yeah. Totally. So for me, that, that was just like, it was just seeing all these small um, layers of trauma because um, it explores grief and trauma so well. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a family drama first before it's, um, it's a horror movie. Yeah. I think, I think Ari Aster said something along the lines of like, he wanted every scare to be justified. Like he just, he wanted everything to be, backed up Emotion, i like yeah. the emotions yeah and yeah. stuff and i think i mean he does that incredibly incredibly well in this um yeah like i um i think mostly for me like i was shocked by the pacing of mm. it like it's really like okay so day one like the first frame of the movie the the grandma has died and you show up like at the family's house right before the funeral, they go to the funeral in like minute, I don't know, three or four or whatever. And then, and then at the funeral, I was noticing all these things. I did not notice the first watch through, through where she's like so many unfamiliar faces Mm. and like, and like, um, and like, yeah, my grandma was super into like rituals and all these things that you, you would not have noticed if she was just talking about, some old lady, you know what I mean? And then you're yeah, like, oh, well, well, your mom was in a cult. So, yeah. <laughs> but, well, like, I think, so, mm-hmm. no, sorry, go on. I no, you're fine. You're fine. Go, go ahead. On. I was, I was just going to say, I think on that first watch, I don't, you sort of don't even fully get that the cult is in control of everything along the way. Yeah. Right. Good like, it, you just sort of think that crap is just going wrong and unraveling. Um, and then it's not until, like, you know, after you've finished the movie that, you see all the little bits and pieces at the start, like the, um, like the cult sign on the pole where she gets decapitated at first, that just sort of glossed over me on that first watch. Yeah, completely. And then, and then, so you get to her mom dying, you get to Tony Collette's mom dying, Annie's mom dying. And then, Mm. um, and then, uh, you know, and then pretty early on in, in that grief cycle, you know, the daughter who, I mean, I think was a major part of the marketing campaign. I think when, like, when, when you see the movie, when you see a lot of like frames, of the movie and stuff, you see her in it and you ex- kind of, you kind of expect her to play a major role in whatever, whatever sort of supernatural shit's going on. Like you expect her to play a major role and she dies like at the 30 minute mark. Yeah. You know I mean? no, hundred percent. And then, great, and then but... all of a sudden, yeah. Oh, I was just like, yeah, like you said, like the trailer, even the soundscape of the trailer has got like her clicking and like, like mm-hmm. just that constantly through the trailer. And yeah. so you're watching it and you're so used to like seeing horror movies where there's just creepy kids and that's the source of all the horror. And so you were just, I was going in to expect that. And then she just, she just bites the dust like 30 minutes in, like you said. And it's just, it's so off putting. It's like, yeah. Oh God. And you totally whole, don't expect whole, it. You totally don't expect it. You totally don't expect it. And then not only that, but that I think, um, 
as opposed to a lot of other like death scenes in horror movies and then also like comparing that directly to like Ed Samar, for instance, it seems so grounded in reality. It seems so like mm. like an allergy attack isn't the way like a lot of horror movies play out. And then and then and then to have that and then also like, you know, this this really dramatic moment where she's trying to breathe out the window and she gets her head knocked off by a pole. Like that seems oddly so real and sudden and shocking. It's not it's it's not um it's not the classic like horror movie, you know, plot line where some demon comes out of nowhere or like she gets her head pitting off by like an alien. It's like, no, no, it's like she was trying to breathe. She had this like condition. Like I I, th- I think there's something mm. I think there's something especially freaky about that. I don't I, I haven't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if you have any thoughts. Yeah, no, so this um I mean, this is really the crux of the film, this sort of five minutes where things go to hell. Um, so I'll probably want to talk about it for quite a bit because yeah. I think this whole this whole death scene and the um, moments that follow are like perfectly directed. The way he um, focuses on character over what's, you know, because the implication is so much more frightening and disturbing. Um, and so I've, <laughs> I've got a nut allergy. And so I just mm-hmm. know that feeling of like, God, yeah. <laughs> things gone bad in your throat. Um, and then beyond that, a few years ago, my, um, sister and I were in a car crash, pretty serious one. And she was in the, I was driving, she was in the passenger seat and I came to like, everything's all good now. We won't go into too much detail, but I came to, she, but she was knocked out unconscious. And so like, I, um, had that, the thought, I I still remember, I had the thought of like the thought crossing my mind of, uh, I've just killed my sister. And so this movie sort of. In terms of trauma, I just I relate to it, and it just taps into my fears on a whole nother level. Um, like the way that um, Peter just sort of sits there in denial and just in complete shock. Like, what, what do you even do at that point? Um, and he just drives home. Like, what? I don't. I completely understand it. How, like, how could, I could not imagine facing my parents after she just died like that. You know. You're 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 totally right. Like, I, I mean, it. Like, I haven't quite been through that experience, but like, I feel like it it brings up trauma where you just been, you're like stuck in a, like something happens and you're like, where do I go from? Like, what do I do from here? Like I'm, your body just I'm like shuts down. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Your body shuts down. And, um, and, uh, like he, he, he's really not afraid to just stay on, on that actor's face. And you're right. That actor should have, should have like caught nominated for like an Oscar or something. Cause I mean, he just sits there and, you know, I mean, you see his, his eyes start to well up, but it takes a while and he's just like, I mean, like, what, what does he do? You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, it, it really, really triggers you by, I think, I mean, it's almost like, like, it's a very, like, it's, it's, it's a very supernatural movie, but there's so much of it that's so grounded in reality. I think that's very, very impressive about it. Yeah, definitely. I'd say that's probably just because of how the family dynamic and just the script and how they relate to each one another. I think it's just so it's, it's incredible. And he sort of, and he really has to really extends that sequence where he just comes home as he wanders down the hallway and it's just drawn out. And I'm just in this eternal pain while I'm this, this I'm just waiting to <laughs> yeah, see exactly. what's going to happen. Oh, just God, waiting to see yeah. what's going to happen. And he just lies down in bed and it's just his shot and it focuses on his face. And then you hear Tony Collette's screams and these screams are just like, pierce my soul. I want to die. It's like, she's, Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable of her, like finding out um, herself. You just hear her. And then you see her like bent over crying in the room with you listening and it's just, oh, it's, ah, it's, it's, it's next level. It's next level. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's, uh, so thank you for making me rewatch this. Yeah. Uh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> um, next I time mean, I come on, we'll do midsummer. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, um, yeah, I think, I think somehow, I, I remembered what I loved about it and I did not remember the trauma that it really, I mean, it really, 
I, I think I remembered how freaky it was, but I didn't remember like the sort of trauma that it mm. puts you through. And that, yeah. that was just, yeah, it was a whole nother level. I'm glad I watched it during the day, I guess, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely puts you through that. Do you, do you want to, um, so recently I've been doing like a draft, but we can just draft whatever we love about the movie. So you can do actors, characters, scenes, props, moments just anything like what what makes this movie so special to you why did you pick it basically is the is the concept so um mm. if if yeah. you want to start you are the guest so what what yeah, like what makes this movie like above me on to you this i would say because i watch a lot of horror like i've seen and i've been around the bend and this was the first movie, not, I mean, not the first movie that disturbed me, but it's the one that disturbed me the most, um, that where it stayed with me days after. And I just was in this mood and I, I just, every time I think about it, I just sort of just think, Oh man, that movie's just so messed up. Like, so I would say, I would literally, I would easily label it the most, um, scariest disturbing horror film I've, I've ever seen. Maybe not my favorite or maybe not unanimous, unanimously, um, unanimously, uh, the most popular, but I would say it's probably the scariest because um, it just puts you through the ringer in terms of experience. And so that's why I chose it. Um, and I just, it sort of lingered in my mind for a while, but it's always sort of been special because I never, I'll never forget some of the moments um, watching it with that fr- my friend that first time. Like there was, there's the scene where, cause it, it breaks you down emotionally and then scares the ever living crap out of you towards the, in the last like 20 minutes. Totally. And there's a scene. There's the scene after um, Stevens just burnt to Chris Gabriel Byrne, if you will. Um, uh, yeah, and he and we see Peter just wake up. His face is his face is smashed in. Right. And Asa just places Tony Collette in the top left hand corner of his room. There's no. She just plays. He, he sort of just places his scares on the screen without any loud accompanying music. And so I love it for that reason because I just think it's like perfect control of horror vet conventions and um this and like i don't even i think there was something like the tv we were watching on the first time it was like didn't handle nighttime especially well so we didn't even see it for the first like couple seconds and then we just both yelled out what the f is that like top of our voice and <laughs> and then she like scurries away through the air she like swims oh, through God. the air and i'm just like no nah, i'm done get me out of here like i'm out <laughs> Just, just i'm leaving now yeah yeah i think that all goes back to the opening of the of the film you you open on the treehouse out the house window right 100 percent. and yeah. then you pan over to the dollhouse you start to get the sense that like someone's playing with this world you know what i mean yeah. like like it's not like these characters aren't in full control of themselves if, if these characters yeah. were in full control of, of, of themselves you'd open on them but like by panning into the miniatures it's like someone is manipulating someone there's a puppet up. there's a puppeteer yeah 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 totally there's a puppeteer to this whole story and there's a puppeteer to this whole situation and you sort of have that in the back of your mind and then and then i think like you start to feel it as like the story goes on but like i think that that first shot like like really sort of caught me like the second time around yeah no i was gonna say that um i mean it starts where it finishes in the treehouse that's yeah that, that i noticed that this time around as well like it and right it, yeah zooms in it's it's incredible right um all right so your 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 favorite thing about the movie Oh, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot to pick from. I think it all sort of melds together into that first experience that I had. Um, I just because, you know, I've seen so much crap horror and when it's done right, because um, I think th- this movie has like the th- threefold sort of, it's got, the, it's got the scares, it's got the gross out factor, and then it's also got this psychological disturbing nature that just will stick with me for longer. Like I've seen, it's not like, it's not like a fun roller coaster horror movie to watch. It's just completely, it's, it's like I said, it's so emotionally draining. Um, It's not fun. (laughs) It's not one I want to watch uh, for fun on a Friday night. No. uh, So you're welcome for that. But I think because, because I, 
you know, I love it when a movie can elicit a physical or like emotional reaction reaction from me. Like it's, I mm. finish it and I'm like, oh, damn, I'm so happy because this movie was just so great. But I feel like absolute garbage. Um, I th- or it's just hit me and it's it just keeps me in thought. It's I just love when movies do that. It's like a it's like a high for me. It's like it's like drugs. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, me yeah. too. Um, so I think, I mean, there's there's so many moments uh we could talk about so many moments um throughout the movie like the the dinner table scene first after um charlie's oh death yeah. and this is the first scene where they're all sort of in the scene together and it's just there's so much weight like and silence um just drifting dripping from the screen like because i know like i know that feeling where you have sort of stuff to say but you're just keeping it bottled in and then and so then all of a sudden just all comes out as these guys, as they all just sort of scream as Tony Collette just completely goes off and just, she's, yeah, again, she's amazing in that scene, but. Yeah. And then I think the other thing about this scene is like, you know, I was talking about how Ari Aster takes his time with when Charlie dies and, you know, and you just linger on the brother and it's just his face and you're as shocked as he is, you know, like at least the first time around, you're as shocked as he is. And um, you're just sort of with him in this moment. And, you know, and then, and then I think he, he, he does the same thing. He's so patient with that. When you, you get back to the mom and, uh, and, you know, and you get back to the family and they're going through so much trauma, but you, you don't, you don't see them all together. And I, I don't know if that's maybe like five to 10 minutes later in the mm. movie. It's, it's something like that. Like it, it takes, it takes time to get back to that moment. And you, you know, there's tension because they haven't talked, but you just don't know how much you don't know what's there. Yeah. Like even but, just before then, Steven comes to get her for dinner and she's making yeah. the scene of the accident. Like what, when you see that, you think, oh, that's so messed up. I mean, it, I'm sure so it's thera- therapeutic for her in some way, but like they're all going through their sort of own little things um, and dealing with grief in different ways. Totally. I mean, not even is it therapeutic for her. I feel like, yeah. I feel like recreating your daughter's death scene is just, I mean, that's a tra- like, like that, that, that can't help you in any way. I, uh, I, it's I unhealthy. What... Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's unhealthy. But I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like, he's like he's so patient tony collette mentioned in an interview how he's the most prepared director that she's ever worked with and i could totally see that in in this like i mean this is like basically his first mainstream movie but Mm. i mean what what i'm so amazed with this movie is just the maturity and like the pacing and just like the be like, okay, I'm just going to like hold the audience back. Like just, just give him 10 minutes of movie before you see what you want to see. He, he knows, he knows we want to see a scene with, with Tony Collette and her son. And he just, he just holds that from us to keep us engaged. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think that's just so, so impressive to me. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. He, I think, yeah, like, like you said, he's so prepared. I think I've read somewhere he had like a full shot list done before they even sort of, he'd just done it all himself. That's awesome. Like, so yeah, he's pretty, before they even found locations or something. Yeah, um, that's so awesome. He worked I, out I, the blocking and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've also heard he has, he, um at the time of this, at the time of this movie, he had like, 10 scripts ready to be shot whenever yeah. someone would let him i mean yeah, like yeah. i'm sure one of them was midsummer but like i'm like oh mm. god like i can't wait for this other nine <laughs> like and i i you know when i, I hadn't i would never seen what he looks like or seen the interview with him um until after i saw midsummer and so i was like this must be something wrong with this guy can someone just give him a hug or like right if, if you have like a super troubled childhood or what's wrong with him like did he grow up in a paganistic, ritualistic cult? Like, definitely, definitely um, that. But then he seems like this average Joe that just loves movies. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Totally. He seems like such a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my my big, big thing is just like, I mean, shout out to Tony Collette for just like a powerhouse, powerhouse performance. Like, yeah. I mean, 
her accent is one thing. I mean, you can do a good accent, but just, I mean, just the grief. I mean, you, you talked about how like you, you connected really with that, like that moment. With the trauma. Yeah. With, with like the trauma after, yeah. after the car accident, the moment that like really got me was, um, was the moment where she's just like, she's screaming on the floor with her husband and she's like, I want to yeah. die. I want to die. I want to die. That, that, 100%. Yeah, like that got me the way she's like in total desperation. Like I want to die. I want to die. Like, let me die now. Like it's, it's almost like her screams can't catch up with her breathing or her breathing can't catch up with her scream. Sorry. Like yeah. she's just gasping for air. Like she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It's, it's painful to listen to. Yeah. It's totally traumatic. I mean, and uh, yeah. And, and it, I mean, no one can really picture like a kid dying like that, you know, unless you've been through it. I definitely haven't. But like, mm. I think, um, yeah, it, like her performance and like specifically that scene is just like, I mean, I completely agree with you. It's like, how the fuck could she get snubbed for an Oscar for this? It has, to, I mean, obviously it has to do with the kind of movie it is, but yeah. I like it's it's ridiculous that someone could overlook a performance like this. Like mm. it's just it's it's really really spectacular. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and speaking about like you were going saying about a panic attack. There's that scene with um Peter under the bleachers and he's like just after Charlie's died and he's oh, like yeah. sort of having he's having some weed with his friends and I, this even this um watch um with like. In regards to trauma, his friends, like they're high schoolers, they don't really know what to say. Like the guy's sisters just died, and they're all just talking about like hot chicks and stuff and ass. And um, she and and then Peter's just like freaking out. He's having a bad trip. Um, it's the way he does it. It's just the breathing and just not just feeling so cut off. It's just yeah. It's uh, it's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I completely agree. I um. So what is that actor doing these days? Like, do you know if he's, is he doing more? Th like what's, what's he up to? Um, he's doing Jumanji, isn't he? Alex Wolf. Oh, is oh, that right? I feel like, I feel, uh, I feel like I might have seen him. In cause there was, cause uh, doesn't he have a brother? And I thought they were the exact same person. I didn't, I didn't know they were brothers. Oh. There's a, there's a Nat Wolf and an Alex Wolf. Nat Wolf. Oh, cause there's Dude, a guy. In this is, there's a guy in Death Note, and I don't know if it's the same guy. Paper Maybe it is. Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. This guy's like a this guy's like a Nicholas Sparks. And then Alex Wolf is all like he's a sort of indie star of Oh my he did god. Bad education. What? They were in the Naked Brothers band. What? Do you remember do, yeah. do you do you remember no, the show? I never watched this. It's Nickelodeon, right? Oh my god! No, I never watched this either. But like, I, 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 I watched enough of the channel to hear the the like ads come on, you know, and stuff. Okay, yeah, this yeah, is, right. Like, I just, I just see this advertise. Oh my god! No <laughs> way! This is no. I was throwing my Nickelodeon. My mind. Nickelodeon was. I was watching SpongeBob and like cringe iCarly or something like that back in the oh day. Oh God, but like the Naked Brothers band ads would come on. Do you, do you yeah. like, you no, can't I, tell no, me I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I do not remember. Right. This is literally blowing my mind. What was so bad about it? Uh, no, no. I mean, there was nothing. So, okay. First of all, just like the fact that they'd name a band <laughs> of like 12 year olds, the Naked Brothers band is sort of concerning, but, uh, I just feel like this is something I, I saw around. I, I've totally forgot about it for like, for like five years. And then I said to my girlfriend one day, I'm like, you remember what the Naked Brothers band was? She's like, yeah, I guess I do. And then we just moved on with our lives. Like that's, okay. <laughs> that's you should have gone and re you should have gone and watched them together. Totally. Oh my yeah. God. That's, 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 that's bizarre. I mean, props to them for turning like a Nickelodeon, we should career. start a podcast for the Naked Brothers and just go through each episode. Each episode breakdown. <laughs> that's gonna be the that's analyze be the... <laughs> a scale of one to ten. How naked were the brothers? How <laughs> naked the brothers? Zero. No, I'm just I'm very impressed that that the Naked Brothers turned into very uh very impressive brothers. Um, okay. <laughs> what. What um what would be like your next favorite thing about the uh, about the movie here? 
Uh, I'm just thinking. I mean, another thing that I just love is because I mean, it's it's such an evil movie, right? It's and so evil. The way it concludes, you sort of think oh, it can't really conclude any other way. Um, and the Colin Stetson's score for that final scene is horrifying. Like there's this weird, I'm not going to imitate the violins, but it's just so eerie. And it, no, I won't do it. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'd play it, but you get copyrighted. There's this sense right. of like completion or like finality or like cel- celebration almost, but it's so evil. You just sort of hate it's You simultaneously love it and hate it at the same time. That final scene. Yeah, that score is great. That score is great. And then um, I think I think just because of like the way things are building, you, you really think it's centered around the sister, you mm. know, and then it's, it's Peter's it's Peter's movie the whole time. It's Peter it's Peter's movie the whole time. And then the other thing I noticed this time is um when the it's it's like his history teachers talking about like the myth of heracles and uh the teachers talking about how he didn't see the signs along the way like the signs were all Mm. pointing towards him and he just like was not noticing them yeah and that was that that really hit me this time just because you you wouldn't you wouldn't notice them if you'd be ignoring them but the signs Mm. are all there that it's his movie you're totally right like the i mean yeah just the fact that like you know, things are moving for him and the fact that like, but you're so fixated and part of, part of that's an impressive marketing campaign, but you're just so, you're, you're so fixated on the sister and the fact that she died um, that you're just not willing to accept almost until like the final shot that it's his movie. Yeah, definitely. And there's like this, weird sense of destiny and fate to it as yeah. well. Like it's everything's just fallen into place. Like this, how it was meant to be. But I mean, maybe, maybe not. Cause there's like all this, um, all the men in Annie's family have died. All that's like tried to kill themselves. She's got this traumatic. And that's obviously from them trying to put payment into the men or something like that. Mm. And so they, they just gave up and put it in Charlie. And that's why she's sort of grown up this weird sort of, but yeah, there's that point where he falls. Once he jumps out of the window, there's that's when there's this sort of like, it's the scares are over, but it's just disturbing. It's just so disturbing from that point on. Because like you're up in the attic, he sees a dead body, his mum decapitates herself, and then there's just these. Can we talk about the old naked people just, just cruising around? Why do they have to be naked? Honestly, Ariasta, <laughs> like put these some clothes on these so it's not as frightening. I, I mean, I have the same question and. Ed Samara, there's a lot of old naked people in that too. He just likes seeing yeah, old people just, naked. It's, it's it's not what I'm about. That's I don't want it. Don't More want like the it. naked grandma's band. Am I right? <laughs> oh <gosh>. Dear Lord. <laughs> Dear Lord. No, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's more appropriate than the brothers. Let's be Def- real. Definitely more appropriate. Um why um why the bird head? <laughs> <laughs> like like Why what was go- what was going on with the bird head there that that, that i never i never quite pieced, pieced that together i think well because supposedly charlie's had payment in her since you know since she was younger she's right. grown up weird with this you know seventh uh something god of hell or some some crap like that yeah or eighth demon of hell i don't know um and so I think she, obviously she's into weird recreation stuff, but it's almost like she cuts off the bird, the living thing and reappropriates it into her own thing. Like they sort of do mm. with Peter, with Peter. It's sort of like, I don't know if it's, I mean, oh, that, makes that could sense. just be me making up foreshadowing, but it's, no, no, like I she think that sort makes of sense. creates it into something else. Um, and the, you know, decapitations all through this movie, like this headless, his head's rolling no totally i think my favorite i think like my next favorite thing about this movie is just how how grounded it is i mean Mm. just aside from tony like i i think um i'm always so impressed by like like i read somewhere that ari aster sort of he took as much from 
you know, hor- like just classic horror movies as he did from like ordinary people and these like family like <laughs> hello dramas like terms of endearment and stuff and um i mean i can totally see that like i think i think he combined those so well such that like i feel like it falls in the boat of like all my frustrations that i have with like family traumas and stuff i don't have where it's like oh of course the dad's like not there and of course mm-hmm. like this and this and that and 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 then like all the problems I have of like horror movies of like oh this protagonist is dumb and they won't leave the situation like he 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 wove the story together in a way where you're not really it never feels cliched no totally totally yeah. it never it never feels cliched and it um and everything's really justified and I was really really impressed the way. Um, yeah, I just, I never, I, I was never watching it and like rolling my eyes and had some idea of where I was going, even on the second watch, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just, it's, it's like this, you're on this train into darkness. You got no idea where it's going. It's just, yeah. Like you said. Totally. And like, it's, it's almost, it's almost more accurate to trauma than like, kind of like a movie directly depicting trauma. Like it just, mm. I, mean, I mean, like, like, you know, it, it, it just, it oddly seems more accurate to sort of a traumatic situation. I don't know. Yeah. But it just, yeah. I don't know. It just seems so, like you said, grounded. It's, it's, it's the human characters that just, it's, oh, it's just so well-written and directed. And even the directing sort of adds to all that sort of um, how grounded it is. Keep using that word. How tangible. Yeah. There you go. It's another no, one. no. <laughs> um, oh, you're like a thesaurus over there. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of uh, English, you, do you know the scene um, where she's conducting the seance first with um, the dad and the and Peter at where Charlie first. Oh God, them? I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the dad literally says, and I quote this word for it. And it bothers me every time. This is me being a grammar Nazi over here. He says, what language is even that? Like, no, I'm sorry. It should be what language even is that? <laughs> and it, I'm sorry, it just annoys me every time. Um, How one that really bothers me that I heard in a movie last night is um, I might would do that. Who said that? What movie? Uh, I was watching Cape Fear. Okay. It's like that would mean the same thing as I would do that. I might would do that would mean the same thing. Like down here, we'd probably just say, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah. (laughs) What are your top five, like, Australian icons? Like, is Tony Collette number one? Like, Um, what's your. After rewatching this movie, um, I don't know, man. There's. (laughs) (laughs) What are your top five California icons? Oh, that, I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'd say Hugh Jackman would be in there. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. It's hard. Um, I have an easier question for you. If I, I, yeah, okay. I, I, I'd assume Thanks. this is easier. <laughs> um, okay, so Tony Collette, Kate Blanchett, Nicole Kidman, Naomi Watts, who wins and... in a cage fight? Yeah, who survives the zombie apocalypse? Okay. Um, um, who, who would you most want to survive the zombie apocalypse with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so it was Nicole Kidman. Okay, oh, and Kate. Okay, yeah. Um, hmm. I would say... I would say maybe Nicole Kidman... Because yeah. she's, um, gosh, she's attractive. And two, she, you know, she was married to Tom Cruise. So surely she learned some sort of psych, psycho um, action moves from him to beat the, to beat the zombies. And then, you know, okay, surely, then she, surely she's got... Oh, yes. Okay. That would be top one of the top five. (laughs) Okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Because I I was just like, I was blank on the the number one. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Um, My bad. 
Yeah, okay. No, I just if Margot Robbie's on the table, there's it doesn't require much reasoning to go who I'd want to survive a zombie apocalypse with. Okay, so Margot Robbie, then Nicole Kidman, because she lived with Tom Cruise and she knows all his stunt work. Yeah, well, if the zombie apocalypse does happen, we want the Scientologists on board. <laughs> They'll know how to fight them off. Yeah. <laughs> they've been preparing. Just, they've been, I mean, all those batteries for the video cameras, they just got endless lights. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Exactly. They're totally prepared. Okay, and then, we've, totally got, prepared. And then we've got Tony Collette, Naomi Watts, and Kate Blanchett. Um... Naomi Watts. I mean, she survived a tsunami in The Impossible, so we'll probably go with her. That's yeah. a that's a really good call. Valid, and uh, she lived in the ring, so we'll say that. Kate Blanchett. True. Um, what was the first one? Oh, Tony Collette. Obviously. Tony Collette. <laughs> Our <laughs> fucking movie, the movie yeah. we're watching. Um, <laughs> probably her, and then probably Kate Blanchett. I'm not actually like a massive fan of Kate Blanchett, if I'm being honest. Really. She's why, she's why great. Is that? Um, this, there hasn't been a whole heap of movies that I've. I mean, maybe I'm forgetting about something. There's been a whole heap of movies that I've absolutely loved her in, or like I just love the movie. Maybe I just haven't seen enough of her movies. Are I did you a watch big her, Lord of the Rings person. I'm not a massive Lord of the Rings. Like I watched the yeah Ladder Two for the first time earlier this year. Got it. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to touch on with the movie? Uh, uh, hereditary, yeah. Um, I think what's so good about it is because there's you. We spend so much time in this house, but mm. it gets to a point early on where I would no longer feel safe living in this house. Like mm. after mm. um, the, after their first sound scene when I was watching it at this time, I was like, "Nah, screw this! I'm booking it out that front door, <laughs> and I'm never leaving it, living there again." Or how right. could you, like, how could you go back after that? How could you go back to sleep the next? Uh, for the next day like i just I, th- I was gonna say i think there's that shot where peter's i think it was that scene where peter's just sitting on the end of his bed and then it just cuts straight to him in class and it's this perfect transition like this blur has gone by yeah i think i think the movie does that does that effectively a lot and, um yeah yeah i think i i think calling back to how it's sort of gr- grounded is the word we kept using but like um, but, uh, like, like, I think so many horror movies, like, it just bothers me when you're like, okay, you've had so many chances to get out, mm, you know, definitely. just like fucking leave while you sort of question their motive, like you sort of question why they're not taking off. Like there's at least enough of a sense of normalcy that like you understand mm. why they're there. If that makes mm. sense. I think, like, even, yeah, onto that, like, so Tony Collette does the sound, so she's trying to contact Charlie, and then she realizes mm-hmm. that it's things are gone wrong, and she goes, she storms off to Joan, she's trying to, she's pissed, she's trying to, like, fix things, she's trying to warn Stephen, she's trying to burn the book, so she's actively trying to fix the situation, and knows that something's wrong, she's not just ignoring that things are going bad, right. and even a lot of that all takes place in within 24 hours, like, her going um, off to Joan. Um, that's the, the she finishes the movie in the clothes she's wearing. Like, oh, oh, I never noticed that. Yeah, it's it because because like Peter smashes his face in, comes home, goes to bed, and then he wakes up later that night, um, and that's when everything hits the fan. Wow. So that. So like the lo- yeah, I'd say the last like half hour, forty minutes, all takes place in one day. So does that mean like the whole movie takes place maybe within like a week? Potentially, yeah. Does that seem about right? Because okay, yeah. so so you've got you've got the day of the funeral. Is I it think, maybe, and it, yeah? Is and it I maybe the is be... the party the next night? No, I'd say there's like a, I think there's a month. I think that okay. When okay, she's okay. Talk, I think there's at least a month when she says, "Oh no, my mum died a couple months ago. My daughter was killed." Oh, okay. Car. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. So so there's a bit of a gap there, and then the daughter, yeah. and then that second half the takes party. Place pretty quick. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. But yeah, so like you said, he sort of evades all those um, audience sort of questions. Why the hell aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? 
sort of thing to the character that you scream at the characters on onto that like there's the scene where she's trying to convince um her husband but right before she wants to burn the book and she's so manic like she's just gone crazy right. and it's and even he is like he's almost he's humoring her as well because you say there's their marriage feels real as well like he's humoring her but then he but you can see from his point of view man she looks freaking crazy right now and she's also had like past history of you know sleepwalking and doing crazy stuff so it's not like super out of the ordinary that she you wouldn't believe her like she's cried wolf or something like that completely yeah yeah i mean i mean there's all man moving on from that like there's that how disturbing is the scene where she's dreaming and she walks into um peter's bedroom and he's got ants all over his face and then he wakes up or she thinks she's woken up and she said she, she she shouts at him i didn't want to be your mother it's just yeah. it just oh, it's so such a gut punch it's such a uh, troubling sort of thing i mean it's only it's a dream for her like i don't think but yeah yeah it feels like dream logic to me though the fact that yeah. like you're i mean i mean like it does sort of make sense after you get you get like the context of her being in a dream, the fact that she just sort of blurt something out like that. Like it does, it does sort of like, I guess makes sense in retrospect, but um, yeah, I mean, going back to like her marriage with Gabriel Byrne, like I, I think, um, I think like the fact that he is humoring her and the fact that he's sort of like walking her through that, like, I think it's not only like, it not only shows like she's probably been through trauma like this in the past, but it also shows like, their marriage has just been through a lot. It's been through a lot where like he's believed her and he hasn't believed her, but it's um, how many movies they jump straight to. Well, I'm leaving you and I'm taking off. Mm -hmm. And it's like this movie, it's like, he never says that. I mean, he's getting fed up, but he's just like, he just seems like he's at the end of his rope, but he's happy to like, he, he still loves her and he loves the family. It's, it's, I thought that was really interesting. I was um, watching the special features after I watched it and I, I might've been Gabriel Byrne who was saying this or Ariasta and they mentioned how she used to be his patient when, um, and then they stopped, like he was a, he was a therapist or psychologist. And then once they were no longer that, um, they kept seeing each other. That was like from the filmmaker's mouth. I was, I was shocked cause I did not pick up on that in the movie. Does, is that, is that explicitly like mentioned? Or? I don't think it's explicitly mentioned. Wow. No, I mean, or maybe, I mean, I mean, because there's that, ho- there's the um, opening words at the start, which I always thought were unnecessary. Maybe it touches in that. I don't know. I can't remember. That's, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really interesting in that, like, I can totally see it, but I didn't piece it together. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, mean, I was pretty shocked when I heard that. I mean, not shocked, but like, it makes sense. Like you said, but it's, you just didn't get it from the movie. And his patient, his, his, his patience with, with her sort of makes a little more sense too. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Anything else you want, I, anything else you wanted to touch on in your notes here? Not particularly. I was just going to say it's a fun fact. Yeah. The, um, so my local cinema, um, accidentally showed a trailer for the movie before Peter Rabbit. <gasps> I heard about this. Oh, oh it's the local <laughs> cinema. Okay, yeah, that's my crazy. Local cinema. Yeah, that's crazy. And I so, heard it was in Australia. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so weird. And like, oh, parents are just fleeing the cinemas. Um, so that's pretty funny. Okay, so yeah. I heard about this. It was in Perth. Like, okay, so it was it was Peter Rabbit, and they just yeah. accidentally showed a hereditary. Yeah. Oh, I mean, god. I'd be pretty mad, like as parents. Yeah. <laughs> that trailer's pretty scary. Like I was mad, I was mad when I went and saw Spider-Man: Homecoming, and they showed the trailer for the movie before the movie. No like, way! That's so annoying. I was like, I want to see all these scenes right before I watch the movie. I I have been watching the NBA Finals, which like wrapped up last Sunday. But like yeah. they they would they would take breaks from the free throws. Like it 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 wasn't like a normal commercial break. It was like they'd pan out and do like a split screen with like the game that was going on, and then. And mm. then they'd be advertising the NBA finals on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, 
bro, like I'm watching the NBA finals right just now. Let, just let me watch like, it. Let, yeah. Like, let me watch it. I'll, I'll mm. be back. I'll be back tomorrow or whatever you want me. Like, I'm literally. I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I'm invested. You don't need to keep pushing it in my face. I'm literally here. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, advertising what, uh, the Stanley Cup or something. Is there anything else you want to wrap it, wrap up about the movie here? Uh, Let's see. No, I think I've covered. I think we've covered it. Unless yeah, you no, I think anything else it. to say. Um, during during the support meeting, Annie recounts her brother's suicide at sixteen, stating that his suicide note blamed their mother for putting people inside him. Mm. Though Annie chalks this up to schizophrenia, it could very it could very well be that Ellen originally attempted to conjure Paymon through her own son oh that's yeah i mean that's what i got from that line yeah no i mean it makes sense but i i, I think i think it makes more sense uh was... on the rewatch yeah no definitely no it's not uh it's evil it's not it's not sexual in nature but it's evil totally totally <laughs> yeah no that that makes sense okay in an interview alex wolf explains that he wanted to actually break his own nose for the scene Jeez where his character slams his head, director Ari Aster respectfully declined that offer. <laughs> Respect. Because <laughs> Wolf is meta. He plays, um, not meta, method. He's a method actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Um, Dude, breaking, art- that's, man, I've broken my nose. I, I have not, luckily. That sounds brutal. Mine's, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it just, it just hurts and then you just start bleeding. Like I, and there's nothing you can do for it. You can't put a cast on your face or anything, so... Well, I mean, the, the the thing that you want to avoid is like if if it sets the wrong way, you have to like break it back. You have to like break it back into place, right? Mm, I suppose if it's like that bad, I'd say yeah. Yeah, it can like, like set I, crooked. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're not wrong. Mine's a bit crooked, but <laughs> what can you do? Still man? Are. Yeah. I mean, mine's a bit crooked. Nothing. Nothing's. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've got you no excuse for it. You haven't, you haven't copped a basketball to the face. <laughs> no. No, I was never near a basketball. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, in the in the art store parking lot parking, scene, yeah. the chalkboard is is shown still uh, yeah. packaged in Joan's car, showing that she had just purchased it the day. Oh, that's prior so cool! Just showing Annie the seance. So, does that mean? Does that mean that the chalkboard wasn't actually connected to Joan's kid, and she was just like? Uh, maybe I would say yeah. Maybe maybe it's all just her manipulating Annie. Um, manipulating Annie into believing. Because, yeah. because she because lo- she says, "Oh, you, I read this the first time," and she gives her all this you know de- demon language. But we don't actually. She could just be making that up because she doesn't this time with Annie. Well, yeah. If she if she just purchased the chalkboard, that that yeah. that adds a whole other layer to like. Yeah. Is 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 her experience even real i mean she's definitely manipulative towards yeah. annie but like does yeah i mean how, I mean, how the much emotion, the emotion uh, i'd say seems real it does feel like she's actually talking to her um grandson yeah yeah apparently they used a magnet to to move the under the table yeah or yeah. they put one inside the little chalk i i i i, yeah. I think so such that they could move it around under under the table and everything um hereditary's advertisement campaign has been credited for keeping charlie's death a secret yeah this is what we're talking about notably Mm. showing millie shapiro prominently in the trailer yeah even though she is alive for only one quarter of the film that's kind of what i was talking about where it's like it's it's not only the marketing campaign but it's sort of like the way the 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 film's set up that it just seems like seems like she's going to be a bigger part of it it seems because i was i literally just way watched a um you know, a couple of hours ago, and it, yeah, the way, the the way that all the characters are talking about Charlie's death in the movie, in the trailer, it seems like they're talking about the mother. Mm. It's like the context just completely flips because you're not expect you're expecting the mother to come back as ghosty sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's oh, it's, I'll have to rewatch the trailer. That's interesting. Yeah, like the context when I was watching it, the context for the trailer just is different to the movie because they're. Um, like the opening shot is of the um, funeral scene of going through the ground, but that's actually Charlie being buried, not the not the mum. Oh, I see, I see, yeah. I see. And then you, you just sort of assume it's the mom because you assume yeah, the mom because she cuts hers. to because she cuts the eulogy. 
then. Got it. But yeah, that's interesting. Wow, that's um, really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I suppose it's A24, but you can't, I don't know how you'd get away with like that not being spoiled um, in the marketing. Like some these days, like, the trailers are so bad. Like, Oh my God. Like everything gets spoiled. I, 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 I was reading recently that, that um, they like studios generally actually like things to be spoiled in the trailers for a reason. It's not, it's not like unintentional that they do that. It's because if you, if you know, if you know exactly what you're getting, you're actually more likely to like go to a theater and enjoy it. So if you, if you, if you know like 70% of the plot, you're more likely to actually show up, which I mean, for like film nerds like you and me, like we'll mm. show up at whatever our favorite director is doing. But for like, for like 90% of people, they'll show up if the trailer's good or whatever. So yeah. they, they, they do that intentionally, which I thought was really odd. Mm. No, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, there is people who just don't like to be surprised. They like to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, your, um, your, uh, your drunk face tr- makes you sure you get the right words out. It's so funny, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I see you're trying, so, you're trying really hard. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to sound sober. I'm, uh, no, no, I've, I, I've, <laughs> I've noticed this before because sometimes like the video come up kind of like I'm editing and it's like, <laughs> it's like, um, I, I I do actually sound pretty pretty good when I'm listening back. Oh, you do. But like, yeah. Um, but no, no. I <laughs> I look I look like shit. Wait, okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, um, no, I think I think that's about it for okay. D- during oh during the party scene, just as Peter enters the bedroom to smoke pot, some kids are watching a black and white video on a laptop of someone being beheaded on a guillotine i did Jeez. not notice that i don't remember that was okay. it on the tv or yeah yeah lap- i think on a laptop i don't, I don't remember, remember it I being do, a laptop i do remember a black and white scene somewhere mm. in there so i don't i don't remember yeah i don't i don't remember if it was on a tv or a laptop at the end when the life-size figurine of a demon payment is shown the fingers of its right hand are positioned in a way that Jesus is often portrayed as doing in medieval paintings. Uh, really? Pointer finger and middle finger out and together, other two fingers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like finger. this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wasn't is the left hand like on here or something? I don't know. Maybe that's what I was focusing on. I uh, yeah, but 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 Paimon, he's holding it upside down. The medieval and ancient hand gesture is used as a representation of Jesus cross crosses being inverted. Mm. Haman is using this to disrespect Jesus. Okay. And uh, Charlie's face is on the statue. Right. 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 Oh God. That's so creepy. Like a, yeah, it's it's like this mask. It's so bad. God, but yeah, like because so I'm a I'm a Christian, and so there's this uh-huh. sense of like the evilness. It's just so just feels so disgustingly good. It's it's still inherently evil on its surface, like you know that. But I think just because it's also maybe blasphemous in a way. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there is there is something very. I mean, it's 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 very like. Well, so Ari Aster. Ariaster is friends with Robert Eggers, right? And yeah. and and Robert Eggers had like the witch, you know. And yeah. I think and I think that both these movies were compared to each other when they came out because they're both, I mean, they're both like pagan rituals. This pagan is like rituals, yeah. th- this is going back to like the Puritans' time mm. of like you know early early Americas, like like the Wicker Man. Have you seen the Wicker Man? Oh, I love the Wicker Man. Okay, yeah. I'm 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 not talking about the Nicolas Cage one, but um, okay. Um, this is no, blasphemy, I but I have only seen the Nicolas Cage one. Oh god! Lee one. Oh god! The <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Lee one's amazing. Not the bees. The Chris the the Nicolas Cage one is amazing in its own right, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. Where I'm where sure. else can you get him running around in a bear suit, just punching women? I mean, um, he should have been in <laughs> Head Samara, I guess. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong actually <laughs> yeah 
so I, I generally have my guests wrap it up by, um, by saying a quote of a movie they love in character. So have you right. given any um, thought to that? I'm going to recite the entire speech that Rocky Balboa gives to his son. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not doing I, that. Um, I didn't let's... know I was waiting for this. <laughs> um, maybe next time. Uh, you can hold me to that. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll go. Ready? Go ahead. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Woo! No, that's all. Yeah, Truman Show. Yeah, there you go. Truman Show, that's man. A way to, that's, that's a wrap up. All right, Sam, thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been no awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.